Have you ever watched a movie and felt like you just couldn't get into it, but you couldn't figure out why? Well, it could have been because the movie's sound was poorly designed. Stay tuned, because in this episode, number 2124, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be doing a deep dive into that subject when they answer the commonly asked question, why is sound design so important? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast. Well, hello, and welcome to another CG Insider Podcast. This one is episode number 2124. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. And if you're returning, uh, welcome back. It's great to see you again. In today's podcast, we're going to answer the question, why is sound design so important? We got this question on our Ask Us Anything page, uh, submitted by Vitor S. Thanks, Vitor, for your question. I'm Bill Johnston, one of your hosts for today's podcast. And I'm Sean Johnston. And we're the CG Bros. You know, sound design is a pretty broad subject, so you know I've got to believe that Vitor was uh, asking us more specifically about how it's used in uh, film and the entertainment uh, industry. So we're going to uh, focus on that. Uh, you know, have, have you ever watched movies uh, or yes. videos with the sound turned down? Yeah, I have too. Um, and you know, I've always wondered where uh, movie makers get the sound effects for all the stuff that they've they've got in their movies and. Um, you know, I've always wondered how, you know, what about com completely CGI movies? You know, where does all that sound come from? Well, it comes from sound designers. And by the end of this podcast, you're going to learn some valuable insights as a, uh, as a, uh, insights about how sound design is used and, and how it's created, as well as some background history and what software and techniques you can use if you want to start creating some sound design for your videos or, or someone else's. Um, so, bro, I really like this subject today because it's something that is really invisible to so many people. Uh, most people don't even realize they're experiencing it. Um, and some, you know, they don't even realize they're listening to something that may be a hundred percent design and generated. Uh, the impact of sound design is literally the difference between a silent movie and a real life experience. So let's start talking about, um, how it's used and how it's integral to so, and so important to telling a story, an effective story, actually. So bro, let's, uh, let's talk about a little bit of the history and sound. What, 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 uh, what is sound design and, uh, give us a little history about it. Well, all right, you know, uh, sound design is is a relatively recent, uh, you know, invention, if you will. It's 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 what it is. It's basically the process of recording, um, or developing or producing audio elements for a movie. Um, it's how filmmakers flesh out the um, oral world of a film to enhance the mood and you know, to develop the atmosphere or tone of the movie. Um, sound design components uh, include things from you know just dialogue, you know, basic dialogue to, to sound effects and, and, uh, even sound mixing. So, um, you know, there's Foley artists that, uh, that create, um, you know, sound effects and there's, uh, you know, uh, designers that design, you know, dialogue and there's even music design. So, um, you know, sound design is, is a pretty, pretty wide uh, net. So, uh, you know, we're going to try to stay focused here to, to, to kind of stick on, I think the, the film use of this, but it's basically, you know, without sound design, you you don't have an immersive experience uh, with your film. Uh, it's basically a silent movie. Yes, and uh, you know, even though you said uh, we're going to be focusing just on film, um, obviously there's you know in television production, uh, you know, theater, and even uh, video games, of course. Uh, well, entertainment. I was thinking, yeah, more more entertainment. Oh, okay, so can we talk about other stuff too? <laughs> you betcha. You got my permission. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, just a little bit of the history of of sound design. Just some of the research I was doing. Um, I didn't realize there's, I mean, obviously 
everything that we've talked about in the past um, podcasts, we've had, um, you know, how, how is, you know, motion capture starting, you know, the first rotoscoping, um, you know, all the different inventions over time and each person building on top of each other. But um, it's pretty interesting how, um, you know, for example, uh, Ernest von Siemens, you know, began the revolution of sound by inter- introducing um, and inventing the transducer, um, which led to the invention of the loudspeaker, which is really interesting because, um, you know, when they didn't have, when there was silent film era, they wanted to have sound effects in there. So it was very difficult to, uh, you know, broadcast sound effects to the entire um, theater, or, you know, the cinema experience. Um, and, and that invention alone allowed them to broadcast it in a, in a louder way. So I thought that I th- was very interesting. That is amazing, you know, and I think, well, even for silent movies, you know, since we're talking about some of the history, I mean, silent movies, you know, they used to ha- they used, they had sound design back then, even with silent movies, but it was it was more of a live sound design. Yeah. I mean, they, they'd have they'd have an orchestra pit and they'd have Foley guys behind the stage, you know, making wind sounds and 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 other thunder sounds and stuff like that for, I mean, even just just theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, there was there's sound designs long before the technology to to record them or broadcast them came along but but you're absolutely right that that that, that invention really brought in the 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 uh, ambient uh, experience i think for folks yeah and i think also the you know the the, uh, the phonograph obviously from you know thomas edison invented that but unfortunately his his invention at the time was you know they stored the the audio on tinfoil which is super fragile um, we all know that um and then um, Graham Bell invented the the uh, made a, a better one of those. Uh, you know, it's funny because some they, they had the phonograph, then the gramophone, and then they have, you know, um, all these different, very similar um, uh, sounding names of all these early inventions. And I know, I know they had a bunch of patent issues on all these different inventions and some some struggles and, hey, who invented this? And, oh, you took my idea and all this other stuff. But anyway. Oh, yeah. We talked a little bit about copyright issues in our last podcast. <laughs> right, right. So um, I, I thought that was kind of interesting doing a lot of the research because I'm not a sound guy myself other than, you know, just uh, passively as a, as a listener and, and, and an appreciation of, of sound. But um, just kind of the interesting part of uh, – um, the next invention on top of that was to, to make Thomas Edison's phonograph was the, um, the, the graphophone, which used a cylinder of wax, which would uh, withstand, uh, you know, repeated use and was better for recording and playback. And, and then, of course, um, the next huge step was uh, the invention of the carbon microphone in 1897 by Emil Berliner. Um, mm-hmm. And and he also invented, which is very interesting, and we'll go into a little bit later, was the invention of um, the lateral cut disc, which is basically your your ana- your uh, uh, your uh, um, your record of today. Basically, that's that's kind oh, like of vinyl. Yep, vinyl. Yeah, I see. I see. And um, and of course, today that's being exploded again because of you know popularity gaining popularity by hipsters and you know audio purists of of that. Uh, technology that's old technology, which is funny. Yeah, I think some of the earlier uses of sound design uh, as uh, were, were one of the real main drivers, I should say, of of sound design was was uh, animation. You know, of cartoons when cartoons first came out. I mean, movies were they had silent movies, but then when when uh, silent cartoons really 
was a problem because you you know you couldn't really communicate through the cartoon character like you can you know like a, in a pantomime kind of way like like silent movies were able to do right. um, and so uh, I think uh, animation really drove the technology the sound technology uh, for uh, for doing sound design basically um, yes, uh, yes harder and faster because I mean there were so there there were no uh, I mean, even in 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 real life, if you're you you've got a, a microphone and you're you know recording somebody talking or doing something, there is some type of ambient sound that comes through, and you can hear their voice and and, and you can hear different sounds. But in an animated feature, there, it's, it's totally silent, and you have no idea what's going on. Um, so I, I I think that was you know and and, and so it, it's you know sound design from it from its origins is, is is a pretty recent thing. Like you said, it's just, you know, it's come up with the, with the technology of being able to record uh, different things and, yes. and produce sounds for say film and TV. Yes. And, and a lot of those inventions were, you know, basically the end of uh, you know, the end of the 1800s uh, early you know twenties and thirties um, when all these things were being invented and uh, everybody was leapfrogging each other. Uh, for example, George Groves um, innovated uh, on the kinetophone and invented the vitaphone. Um, so like I was telling you earlier, all these kinetophone, vitaphone, gramophone, all these different things. So, um, and, and that invention was really huge because it, it led to the first synchronized sound film, um, Don Juan. And he, actually, George Groves also became the first sound mixer uh, mixing sound effects or dramatic effects using uh, the New York Philharmonic or, uh, Philharmonic Orchestra, um, and he also was dubbing. He was the first one of the first dubbing um, uh, artists, and it was funny because he was using multiple vinyl records in order to double in order to dub sound effects onto a another one that was being recorded. So he had up to I think at one point um, I don't know he had like ten or twelve different um, vinyl records to use for dubbing mixing. And he would use, I guess they used a, a relay, which is similar to what the phone system by Graham Bell was using all these different relays to mix them together because he was doing, everybody was doing it by hand, which is really interesting. And then they, they got a, um, I forgot what kind of motor it was, but they got an actual activated motor, which you actually could do it on its own. Um, and pretty interesting stuff. That's pretty amazing. You know, I, I think, you know, it's perfectly natural for people to be drawn to the visual side of, of filmmaking these days. And, and, and uh, you know, I mean, with CG and the striking visuals that 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 are being created, it, it just doesn't hold the same weight without you know a strong cinematic sound design to back them up. Um, you know, basically, where pure, pure painting is purely visual and a song can be purely oral. Um, you know, the the art of cinema combines both sight and sound, and and they have to be unified uh, in order to bolster the experience uh, for the viewer. So, I mean, it's it's so important to have sound design. Um, you know, because without it, I mean, it's half the world that, that we that we perceive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting. You're you're mentioning the the uh, about the sound design and um, and how important it is. It's I mean, it really gives you it, it it emotionally ties you to so many things. It's how many times have you been in watching a movie, for example, um, in the dark and it's a scary movie. What's the first thing you do in order to um, you know? stop yourself from being so freaked out is, is you turn the sound down. If you're not turning the lights on, um, you're going to be turning this off the sound. And because there's so much emotional input with sound, it, it just, it, uh, 
Um, that's really the emotional part of it is, is hearing all those different things that are going to get you um, kind of scared. Visually, you can be scared, obviously, but if you turn down the sound, obviously, it's not going to be as uh, you know, striking. Sure. Yeah. Sound design, you know, basically, like I was mentioning, determines the, the atmosphere. And like you're talking about the, the feelings of dread that you're, you know, the, the, the soundtrack can, you know, really generate powerful, um, powerful emotions in you when you're listening to it and you're watching the visuals along with the sound. I mean, the sound can, can make, you know, an, an, an environment uh, oppressive or happy or, you know, celebratory or, you know, whatever. It really sets the the tone. Yeah, you're you're telling a story with the sound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you know, even ambient sounds, you know, you you think that it's amazing if you just close your eyes and and uh, you know, listen, it's amazing how many sounds that you actually hear that you don't really uh, aren't conscious of, you know, that like, you know, the droning of the dishwasher or the or the washing machine or or a phone uh, ringing in the background. Exactly, exactly. Um <laughs> And, and and having those things, or, or when they're missing, I should say, it really you really notice it. And so you know when you know when you were talking about how people don't really notice the sound design, well, that's 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 done on purpose. Um, and it's a you know if if it's not there, you definitely notice. It. It's kind of like the Uncanny Valley, except with sound. Yes, yes, it, it is. It is. And, you know, it's another thing that's kind of interesting. Also, is is the the, the different artists that have actually gone into um, sound design uh, in some of the there's a, there's a really um, awesome awesome um, sound designer Scott uh, Gershon, and I don't know if you've heard of him before, but he's he worked on uh, Riddick, um, Green Lantern, Pacific Rim, and, and all, in fact, video games like The Last of Us and Resident Evil. Evil, mm-hmm. yeah. And he describes himself as an audio storyteller. So um, he, he, he says that the, the audience wants to be taken somewhere. And so you use ways, you use sounds and ways to push the emotional buttons of, of your audience. And, um, and then he was talking about, uh, in one of the interviews I was watching, is it, it's, do you want to be predictable or, or um, not predictable? And how, you, how do you take um, and use sound in a way that the audience is not expecting? And which is really, I thought was super interesting is... Um, Sure. He was talking about The Shining and and how Jack Nicholson such an amazing actor in that movie um, because people, when they're talking, even they're using rhythm uh, and there's a certain cadence that people get into when they're, uh, you know, in a conversation, sure. um, which I thought was really interesting. And he said, um, Jack in the movie, you know, so, so if you're talking in rhythm, you know, you say something, I say something, you say something, I say something. But in that movie, um, in order to um, kind of, which gives people because you're used to talking rhythm. If you take that out of rhythm, people get yeah. it's disturbing to people. It's uncomfortable. It's yeah. uncomfortable, <laughs> and it's funny because that's what Jack uh, Nicholson did in in that movie. He would he would speak slowly and then fast and slow and then fast. Um, but people didn't really know what was happening at the time, but um, yeah, it it uh, it's very unsettling, and uh, um, it, it you know most per- people have an internal kind of like an internal rhythm clock when they're speaking, and you know you can either. Uh, have an internal by yourself, or you can actually have that clock set by another person. So, um, you know, I won't belabor it, but yeah, he, he actually described it as a um, psychologically controlling the emotions of the simplest things in order to get your audience to feel a certain way. Well, yes, and and that that's really evident in in some of the old serials, the old radio serials. I mean, you, you'd you'd actually listen to audio dramas. And you'd hear all the sound effects. You'd hear, I mean, everything. So, I mean, it was like pinning a picture in your mind audially. Um, and those are very popular. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, one of the one of the more popular ones was uh, 
written by H.G. Wells and presented uh, War of the Worlds. I don't know if you remember remember that, but it was a oh yeah, it was a hugely uh, uh, influential radio program where they actually uh, broadcast the story of War of the Worlds, and it was so authentically done from a from an audio point of view that uh, a lot of the people who were listening to the radio show thought that aliens were actually um, invading the Earth. They thought we were being uh, over, overrun by aliens. And, and uh, I mean, because it was, it was that well done. Yes. And I, it was just, it was all done through audio. <laughs> yes, I remember hearing about, or reading about that um, and people calling in and, and, and freaking out, actually. It just caused a huge panic. Um, it was so realistic. And that, yeah, so, that's, that's the realism sound, you know. Yeah, no, so I mean, and, and to kind of put a put a finer point on it, you know, nothing, especially because we're from the CG CG side of things, um, digital side of things, you know, nothing in the CG world makes its own sound. It, it obviously it's digital, you know, none of it's real. Um, but you know, to that point, everything you hear in a CGI movie had to be designed. You know, we're talking about sound design had to be designed to be there. I mean, it was put there on purpose. So when you're watching a CG, CGI film in particular, and or even a sci-fi film, because you know a lot of these things have to do with things that don't really uh, exist. You know, some some some. You know, I'm, we all know the lightsaber. I mean, you know, there's no such thing as a lightsaber, but you know, where does it come from? You know, where did the sound from a light lightsaber come from? It it uh, you know where does where does the uh, Velociraptor you know come from? What is it? You know, where, where does his roar come from? As a matter of fact, a pretty interesting story is. In case you you didn't know, the the uh, Velociraptor in uh, Jurassic Park, uh, their uh, sound was made by mixing a dolphin's shriek with a walrus's roar uh, to create it. Um, so I mean, it's, it's I mean it's, it's a really cool business to be in if you're if you're I mean it's extremely creative. Um, you know, it, it it it's probably one of the more you know aside from just creating CG itself, it's probably the second. You know, I'd say it's it's just as creative if not more because. Um, you know, without the you know audio, then your your CG really has no punch, no no meat, no right, no motivation. I should say yes, and and all those uh, iconic things we we remember from from the movies. If we just close our eyes and think, oh gosh, what you you you, you remember in, in visually, but at the same time, we remember a lot of those iconic sounds, like you mentioned, Star Wars, the lightsaber. Um, sound, which is iconic and obviously used in from the first one all the way on. Um, you know, uh, great sound designer Ben Burt made those um, sound effects. Are pretty, pretty amazing. Of course, um, you mm -hmm. know, the Jurassic Park uh, T-Rex also, besides the Velociraptor, um, was, you know, at the end of the movie and in the movie, he's screaming uh, the T-Rex the uh, roar. Um, those things uh, are pretty interesting. And, and you know, even, um, I don't know if you, you did, you saw the War of the Worlds, the, the latest one, right? Um, yeah, with Tom you, Cruise. I uh -huh. know you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, um, yeah. They actually used for that for the tripod uh, bellow, which is really mm -hmm. uh, eerie. Um, Australian uh, Aborigine uh, didgeridoo, didgeridoo. Yeah, it's an interesting um, uh, wood instrument that the Aborigines uh, use. It's this big, long wooden thing, and he, they use that and slowed it down and. Um, you know, it's funny. I was also thinking about um, you, you mentioned uh, the Foley artists that, that uh, uh, early on, and um, the, the actual. Um, I didn't realize this uh, uh, that he he himself. Um, I believe it was what Jack Foley. I believe is is his, his name. The original uh, where you get the Foley, the whole thing about. Yeah, I Foley. think so. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, he um, there was a there was a movie that he was working on because he was like the obviously he was the first guy that to started using sound effects 
in film, um, uh, you know, he would use a cane to make uh, sounds for um, lots of people walking on the streets and scenes. And he was famous for that. And then also for, um, there was a movie called, I think, The Pink Submarine, where he actually did his, um, recorded a burp and then uh, played it backwards. And that was the sound of, of the engines for the submarine. So it's, it's really <laughs> funny, um, all these different, uh, uh, you know, iconic things that we hear and remember from different things. Uh, yeah, different movies yeah. and stuff. So, um. well, it's interesting. You know, crafting unique sounds like that—it's—it's it, it's really, it's really a, a process that rewards like experimentation and creativity. You know, it's some it's like you're saying some of those most iconic sounds come about through wholly through, uh, you know, accidental means or or you know means that you might not expect. Um, you know, when I close my eyes, you know what what's what iconic sound do I hear? I hear Godzilla Godzilla's roar. You know, when oh, yeah. I, that, that's that's iconic if there ever was an iconic sound. And, you know, who would have guessed that it was created by dragging, uh, you know, an old leather glove across the strings of a double bass? No you know? way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, well, hey, so, guess, you know, guess how uh, Darth Vader's um, breathing was used, how they created the breathing. Through a toilet paper tube. No, <laughs> toilet paper tube, that's good. No, um, um, Ben Burt went to a dive shop. And he got one of those scuba regulators, and he and he met, he put a microphone in there, and he, he just recorded that. Um, and that was as, that was as simple as that. I mean, that's that's from now on. That's you'll never forget um, that sound once you hear uh, Darth Vader breathing. Well, you, you remember that uh, the iconic uh, scene in Indiana Jones where Indy Indy grabs the the idol off the thing, and then all the giant boulder starts rolling down and try to crush him. Yes, of course. Um, you know that was that's the film designer on that one. He he ran tests uh, by actually t- tossing large rocks off the cliff and and trying to record this, the resulting sound, but it, it just didn't sound very good. And so what uh, he ended up using uh, was uh, the tires of a Honda Civic driving slowly over a, a bunch of gravel on the concrete. <laughs> uh, so you, you never know what you know you, you you never it's so funny because when you hear a sound and you see a visual, you kind of marry them up. You never really think that. They're disconnected, you know, right? And, and 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 that's the beauty of it. When it's done correctly, they marry perfectly together. Um, but uh, but and that that you know having being able to do that is is where the skill I think comes in with sound design. Yes, absolutely. In in fact, there's there's um, you know uh, I was talking earlier about um, some of the amazing uh, artists out there that do sound design for movies and things, and I was listening to one of the interviews um, about um, using to get that emotional impact. Um, they would use sounds like, for example, a, a really kind of a, a bloody scene or something that people are being um, uh, massacred or something within the movie. I think, uh, gosh, was, I forgot exactly which movie it was, but um, he used pig sounds that were being slaughtered in, in there, slightly put it in there. So you'd get the feeling that, you know, psych, you know psychologically or, or, or in your mind, you'd be thinking about um, not associating it with that, but, you know, it's just kind of a tease of, of, of hearing that, that, that this is a, a senseless slaughter of people, human beings, almost like they're, they're pigs um, mm-hmm. being slaughtered. And it's really creepy, but, you know, those are the kind of techniques that these amazing, brilliant sound designers um, uh, in movies and, and uh, video games uh, use. You know, another sound that comes to my mind when I close my eyes, uh, a unique sound that, that, shoots out is uh is this transformer sound of all the transformers yeah you know when they're transforming of course 
I mean, that they went through iterations and you know, dozens and dozens of iterations to try to come up with the noises for the Transformers transforming. And they finally decided on that set of sounds. And that's actually, they have a whole library of just Transformer uh, noises that they use. Yeah, that's amazing uh, sound. I love that sound. Yeah, it is kind of neat. Did, did they say how they made that? Was it what did they use to make that? Oh, you no, know, they didn't. They didn't go into a lot of detail, but you know, they 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 record things and they play them backwards, and then they 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 offset them and then they mirror them and blend them together. I mean, it's it's amazing the process that sound designers actually go through. You know, at our studio, uh, particularly for our game studio, uh, we have a whole uh, department that's dedicated to sound design as as well as uh, you know, which has a foley stage in it, and so th- there's a whole different. You know, it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, uh, uh, they used really any technique. When I say both, there's more than two, but they, they used really any kind of technique that makes makes it sound good. Mm-hmm. You know, if if it sounds good, it is good. And you'd be surprised if you know some of the sounds that they actually use for. I mean, in the movies, you know, you you think when somebody breaks their back, oh, that's what somebody's back breaks sounds like, but right. it's, it's really not. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're marrying something that you think is sounds like, or you you want to you know emphasize certain things. Yeah, it, it's funny. Even you know, you, in Psycho, um, mm-hmm. obviously you've seen that, right? Um, you know, it's the the reason it was that iconic shower is so terrifying was not only because of the music, creepy, creepy music, was was the sound of of um, Marion Crane getting stabbed. Um, you actually didn't see the knife going into her body, but you heard it, and that was it was a horrible thing, and and. Alfred uh, Hitchcock used that, uh, you know, in order to get that sound, he um, stabbed through numerous melons um, to find the right sound for that. So it's kind of nasty, but. Melons, huh? <laughs> melons, yeah. Ooh. Well, you know, if, if, uh, if, if people are interested in, in learning sound design or want to kind of learn more about it, um, you know, I'd say a, a pretty good place to start would, uh, well, is to, you know, definitely look into some of the history uh, of sound design and, and read some some sound design books. There's a couple good ones out there. One is um, a Designing Sound by Andy Farnell, or or there's a book called Sound Design, The Expressive Power of Music, uh, Voice and Sound Effects in Cinema by David uh, Soneshin. Um, you know, they're they're all really great. And, and, and you know, it, it's just, you know, it's a big eye-opener for me. You know, before I got into the business, I really had no idea... That that there's even such a thing as sound design, you know. That's how that's how, yeah. How green I, I you know, just to the general public is. They think that what they're seeing is is what they're, you know, is the sound that it makes. But it, they they don't really understand how much work actually goes into doing, especially for a CG uh, movie. Oh, it's incredible. Um, and and there's also you know you can get uh, although you know there are many courses uh, um to you know for sound design you know ranging from you know one year diplomas to master's degrees. You know, you can become a sound designer with uh, a non-degree certificate. And there's, you know, University of California, Irvine, Michigan Tech, and Savannah College of Art. Um, some of those those schools have the highest rated courses in sound design as well. Yeah, so so would you say you need a – what it sounds like you're saying is you don't need a formal degree to become a sound designer. Uh, no, no, you don't. Um, and you can go, you know, obviously you have to have an ear for it, um, you know, uh, yeah, creative ability. Same thing with um, artists in general. I mean, but if you're totally into it and you're, you're musically, you know, it depends on what you, if you want to go into, you know, the music side of things or if you just want to be, you know, doing sound effects, you know, because right now there's so much, um, there's so many um, programs out there 
um, free and uh, you know paid that you can just you can download you know trials and and check those out and 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 uh, they've got banks of sound effects and I mean geez there's you know thousands and thousands of, of really high quality sounds in these things you can just play with and mix and uh, it's pretty amazing uh, what you can do today I mean obviously everything's on the computer so it's just uh, um, what what are some of the sound uh, sound software the things that you've you've read about have you read any um, uh, or know of any that are really, really good for, let's say, for film versus anything else? Well, you know, I, I have to say, well, the creation of the effects themselves can be done really with any digital audio workstation. Uh, so there, and there's all, all there's a there's a whole range of of prices and and capabilities of digital uh, audio workstations or DAWs. Yeah. Uh, but there, you know, you can have a sampling uh, keyboard. Uh, where you just you know record sounds into your keyboard and you you can mix them. They they have little uh, devices you know um, synthesizers that and samplers that you can you can buy for pretty cheap and start you know that that's a that's a great place to start to learn how to how to you know be adjusting envelopes and attacks and 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 uh, you know phasing and stuff like that uh, with with audio and that's that's probably a great place to start learning some of the techniques of designing audio. Uh, so I, I, I might go towards a sampling uh, workstation. Right. I mean, uh, for, I know for, that uh, on that, on that sam- on that workstation you're talking about um, the DAWs, are they, I, I mean, I've been reading that Pro Tools is probably one of the, one of the top uh, uh, softwares uh, to, to do sound design. Does that sound right to you? You know, yeah. I mean, if, it, it, well, you know, if you have a budget, yeah. I mean, and, and there's a great products if you don't even have a budget. I mean, I'd say Audacity yeah. is a great, a great tool to use to start doing some sound design uh, and manipulation with audio. And I think that's free. I think you can download yes. that today. For yeah, free. It's a, that's a, the free open source uh, platform, uh, audio software. And there's another one also um, that's free. Uh, I believe it's called Ocean Audio. And um, unfortunately, most of the free editors are destructive. So basically, if you're doing any editing and you 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 rely on a preview button, it, it actually destroys what you're working on. But uh, Audio Motion, un- unlike Audacity, um, yeah. you can you can play with the parameters and hear the effect, and the changes are instant instantaneous. So it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it really depends on if you want to go into you know audio mixing or sound effects mixing or foley art or you know um, you know. Uh, dict, you know, recording people's voices, you know, uh, audio recording, uh, vocal recordings. Uh, I mean, there's so so many different areas that you can focus on. Uh, it's it's pretty wide open. So you know, if you've got any kind of aptitude for that or d- desire for that, mm-hmm. um, you know, definitely go for it because it's one of the more creative a- uh, aspects, I think, of uh, you know CGI, even though it's not CGI itself. <laughs> right, right. And I also wanted to just mention real quick about uh, video games because we didn't really get into that, but. Um, we're getting close to the end of the of uh, our podcast, but uh, Wise by Audio uh, Kinetic is is probably what a lot of the people that I know of, at least in the video games, uh, are using for their sound design. And what's really cool about that is it it integrates with Unity and Unreal, um, and you know Lumberyard from Amazon, the the Crytek engine um, as well, um, and they've got you know free free starter, pro, premium, and enterprise um, you know solutions for you, so they can go anywhere from you know, your free version of starter all the way up to 40 K for, uh, unlimited support. So, um, pretty amazing how, how expensive that can get. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but yeah, some of the higher end tools are, are pretty pricey and they can do some, some pretty amazing things. Yeah. I got to stop saying amazing. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> gonna, <laughs> sorry. 
Well, amazing and interesting. I mean, but the, the stuff is so amazing and it's so it's so interesting to us. You know, amazing. hopefully you get you know you yeah. know when we say that we we don't yeah it's not just a throwaway term. All this stuff is amazing and uh, yeah. I'm sorry if I know. keep reusing that, but I just it is amazing. You are amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we really appreciate you being with us for our podcast this week, and we hope you enjoyed our discussion today about why sound design is, sound design is such a cool area uh, to both learn and to know about. And I know we had a great time talking about it because it's it's so amazing. Um, <laughs> and and uh, it, it's you know it's the critical element in the creation uh, of of visual experiences. I think and 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 it's it's absolutely critical for uh, you know for have, having uh, a good storytelling process. Um, you know, we talked about some of the history of sound design today, and we and how it's used, and and hopefully in ways that maybe you didn't weren't aware of or didn't didn't think of. And we we hope you learned some uh, something about some some of the techniques that they use and uh, to create design and audio effects. Uh, uh, so you know, um, and some history. It, exactly, exactly. So if you if you like this podcast or found it valuable in some way, you know, please share it with some of your friends. And in case you didn't know, uh, Sean and I do a brand new podcast of the CG Insider podcast every week. Uh, we, we cover uh, different subjects relating to the business and creation of uh, 3D CGI animation and digital effects. So, oh, as well as other interesting subjects that you know you guys so generously bring to our attention. Right, like today's uh, interesting topic. So if you've got a subject you'd like us to discuss in one of our podcasts, and if you're watching us on uh, YouTube, leave it in the comment sections below. Uh, or you can head over to our website at thecgbros.com and the About Us uh, section of our menu and, and uh, click on the Ask Us Anything as uh, Vitor did. And don't forget to hit the like button or even the unlike button and tell us why in the comments. Um, subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel to get more great entertainment content from more podcasts uh, to winning award-winning 3D animated shorts. Uh, if this was your first time with us, be sure to click the notification bell so you'll be notified as soon as we publish a new video. And as a quick reminder, you can also find audio versions of our podcasts on all the major podcast platforms as well. We really look forward to seeing you again back here next week uh, for the podcast episode 2124 where we'll be answering the important question. Oh, wait, is it, isn't next week's 2125? Oh, yes, this is 2124. Sorry, oh, 2125, yeah, sorry. Where, where am I at? Uh, how is CGI integrated into live action? Um, that's that's a real interesting one. I can't wait to do I'd it. Like to, I'd like to know about that, yeah. yeah. So we'll see you next week. That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, why is sound design so important? Thanks for being with us. If you're watching on YouTube or other social media, please give us a like and make a comment. And if you haven't yet subscribed, please hit the subscribe button and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. You can listen to our podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening on Spotify, you can now share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. You can contact us on our website at thecgbros.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. Oh, 
And don't forget to tell all your friends about this podcast series and be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how is CGI integrated into live action? This has been episode 2124 of the CG Bros CG Insider podcast. See you next time.